You're listening to the Create Yourself Podcast, episode number 12. Today, we're going to be covering two topics in one. Kathy Weiss is going to share with us about realizing if you or someone else has codependency and the steps you need to take to start to overcome it. Then we'll dive into some important self-care tactics, tips, and connections. Kathy is a naturally gifted healer, channel, and intuitive. Think of her as a personal trainer for your soul. She guides others in living their heart and soul-centered lives, which results in high levels of clarity and direction. This result is feeling validated, reassured, and affirmed. She holds a master's degree in education, is an experienced, certified yoga instructor, teaching yoga to individuals and groups since 2006 and providing intuitive energy reading and healing sessions since 2018. She is passionate about meeting you where you're at and empowering your wellness and soul-centered life. Guys, I can't wait for you to meet this amazingly talented woman. Before we get started, I wanted to say thank you so much for being amazing by leaving reviews, being a member, and sharing this show with others. Let's get to it. Hello, gorgeous. I'm so excited to chat with you today. You're listening to the Create Yourself podcast. I believe that life isn't about finding yourself, but creating yourself. I'm your host, Sarah Fegley, and I'm here to help you create your life through positivity, self-confidence, and self-care. Keep listening for all of the best tips and tricks to get you through this crazy thing called life and make a few friends along the way. Hey, you. Yeah, you with the side hustle, the nine to five, kids, a to-do list that's a mile long. And I bet you barely have time to go to a salon or paint your own nails without smudges. Maybe you've even given up on trying to have nice looking nails. Well, guess what? I figured out the secret. 100% nail polish strips that are free of formaldehydes, DBP, camophore, xylene, and more. Wait, no, it's not a vinyl wrap that requires heat, tools, and a bit of skill. These are just a base coat, color coat, and top coat all in one. And they go on just like a sticker without any tools or heat. Want even more details? Head over to sarahfegley.com slash myfavoritenailpolish for more. Hate commercials? Want exclusive content? Wish you could be the first to listen? Head over to patreon.com slash sarahfegley for all of that and more. You'll be glad you did. That's patreon.com slash Figley. Hello, Kathy. I'm so excited you could join us and share your expertise with our listeners. Hey, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me on with you today. How about you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit more about who you are? Absolutely. I am a 47-year-old woman living on the central coast of California. I have an amazing husband. We have been married for a little over 17 years, and we have a fabulous and adorable beagle mix dog named Agnes, who I often call my co-healer. She's usually in the room with me while I'm doing 
whatever work I'm doing, but she does occasionally go hang out with my husband at his shop. He's an artist and they rescue dogs. So on any given day over at his shop, there's like 10 or 15 dogs running around. So she gets to go play with her dogs. And so she's not here with me today. Um, And we're also really avid about rescuing cats. So we have two cats of our own. We recently moved into a newer house for us and the previous tenants had abandoned three cats and we didn't realize it at first. There were so many feral cats around. And then when the temperature dropped this winter, all of a sudden these three cats were like running inside our house and like going straight to bed. And so now we have five cats instead of two. It's been a very interesting adjustment to make. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, it really is kind of funny. But, you know, we just have such a soft heart for the animals. And that makes me think of the fact that we are planning on moving to Australia towards the end of this year. And when people ask me, like, why Australia? What is it about Australia that makes you want to go there? My first answer is always the animals. I absolutely adore koala bears and they just live there. And that is so funny because I am telling RJ every day that I just want to go to New Zealand. There you go. <laughs> it's so amazing over there. And the first time we were there, I was so awestruck. We're driving down the freeway and there's wild cockatoos flying by. And I'm like, oh my God, this is just like, we don't have that in California. This is incredible. And I'm just so drawn to that animal energy. So um, if there's any other animal lovers out there, we can hook up and talk animals for hours. Yeah, I definitely know of at least two listeners that are huge into rescuing animals. So there you go. (laughs) Awesome. I love that. So, um, How would you like to start your reading for this talk today? I would love to really quickly explain what a reading is so that the listeners understand it, and then I'll let them know Mm -hmm. what came through for them today. Sounds good. So I'm a highly sensitive, intuitive energy reader and healer, and what people... mm, usually here is a bunch of gobbledygook. They don't really understand what that is. So when I read energy, it's important for people to know what energy actually is. So we each have an electromagnetic vibration that extends away from our bodies. And science can measure this up to five feet away, but it doesn't end there. That's just as far as the tools that we have available to us right now can measure it. And as someone who's highly sensitive, I can feel that energy over a much greater distance than your average person. And only about 20% of the population is highly sensitive in this way. So it's a unique gift that I have. And I can read individual people's energy and I can also read collective energy. And there's slightly different feeling tones to me when I do that. So right before you and I sat down, I just sat and thought for a moment, what are the three things that women must do to create themselves? And right away, what I heard and felt for everyone who's listening is to number one, get quiet. Every day, 
everything that you need and all the answers are on the inside. So by getting quiet and still and just even breathing for one or two or five minutes is going to help you tap into what is already within you. And even if what comes up is that it's guiding you to go somewhere to get more tools or knowledge or wisdom, that awareness is inside. And the only way to access it is through some quiet moments. The second thing that women need to do to create themselves is trust and follow their intuition 100% of the time. And that goes back to number one about getting quiet and trusting that what you need is on the inside because that's like your internal guidance system. It's like we all have a GPS inside, but it's super quiet. So if you can listen to it and trust it 100% of the time, it's going to lead you on your life's journey. The third thing is to find and surround yourself with people you love who support and cheer you on in doing number one and number two. One of the, I think, biggest resistances that I hear from women about, especially the first one, get quiet, is I don't have time or I don't have a place or something like that. But if you can surround yourself with people who love and support you in doing that, they're going to help you create that. Even if it's literally like five minutes a day, the right people are going to be all about like, I'm taking the kids and the dog in the other room so that you can have your few minutes of quiet, something like that. It's very fascinating that you mention all of these because... They are actually three huge points that I cover in the book I'm writing right now. (laughs) You're kidding. So that is Oh my gosh, I just got covered. Yeah, I just got covered in chills with like, and when that happens for me, it's like an affirmation of like so much yes. So you're on the right track. Your listeners and your audience need it. And there is definitely a larger spectrum of women out there who need to hear this information and start to utilize it in their lives. Yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously you couldn't have possibly read anything that I'm writing because I, it's, I can't even read it half the time. It's a bunch of scribbles, <laughs> but I think that's crazy. And it's finally started. The book is coming together. It'll be done soon, but that is crazy that those things, those are like the main points that I hit in it. So that's, that's pretty cool. I have a big fat smile on my face right now. <laughs> so do I. This is awesome. <laughs> um, so what exactly brought you on your journey to finding what it is that you do now? That's such a great question. And I paused because my brain was like, how far back do we go? Yeah. Um, because you know what I mean? Like we're always like life is always leading us towards the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Mm-hmm. And When you and I first connected, I happened to mention um, that I had recovered from codependency. And that was about 19 years ago. So I'm like, do I go back 19 years? And we can definitely (laughs) go into codependency and the energy around that. Um, But in the time that I recovered and healed from codependency, I discovered yoga and began to do yoga on a really regular basis. And that was what led me to the get quiet and get still every day. And it took some time and it took some practice to get comfortable with that. Um, Especially nowadays, you know, I was just thinking before we got on our call about even like the word Instagram 
has that connotation of instant and Snapchat, Mm -hmm. same thing, like snap is an instant. And so we can get a little bit befuddled with the speed of, or the illusion of speed, but really that transformation and healing take time. So it was really several years for me of doing yoga just with my physical body to get to the point where then I could sit down and get quiet and still with my mind. Mm -hmm. But once that happened and I started to trust my intuition and the guidance that I was receiving, that sort of rocketed me forward into a 10-year cycle of becoming a yoga instructor, owning a yoga studio, creating a yoga and pole fitness studio, realizing ultimately that that was a really awesome, valuable time in my life, but it wasn't ultimately the biggest gift or the most important thing that I had to do in the world. So I closed down my studio and wrote a memoir. And in the time that I wrote the memoir, an opportunity came up to um, submit it into a writing contest to win a publishing contract without needing an agent. So most books that get published, you need an agent to help you with the publishing process. And I was like, oh, I'm doing that. I'm winning that. I can see the book. I've got it in my hands. I, I can feel myself winning. The Like 100% I was in. And then in late November 2017, they announced the winners of the contest and it was not me. And it was like, wah, wah, wah. And I was like so <laughs> brokenhearted and so confused because I had really honestly thought that I had done the energetic work that would result in that happening. So I was talking with a friend of mine, and she was the only friend I had at that time in my life who I felt really comfortable talking about like the woo-woo type stuff, like energy and spirit guides and law of attraction and those types of things. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the conversation, she said, I'm going to send you this deck of oracle cards. And when the deck of oracle cards arrived and I touched the deck, I heard really loud and clear in my mind, you have to do this for other people. And I was like, that's cool. Okay. And I, I, I had no clue how or what that meant, but I just kind of put it out on Facebook. I was like, um, I'm going to start doing Oracle card readings. Do any of my friends want to help me practice? And so I started off by doing Oracle card readings and it didn't really quite sit with me because oracle cards they're not fortune tellers is what i like to tell people they're inspirational tools that help us tap into our own mm-hmm. inner wisdom and help us look at the situations in our lives in maybe a different way or give us a different perspective um but i really quickly realized as i was doing that with people i wasn't reading the oracle cards i was reading people's energy and this was something that i knew that i could do for several years but i had never been out in the public about it um But that turning point of like, you need to do this for other people was what gave me permission to sort of come out of the closet as an intuitive energy reader and healer. And really quickly that in 2018, about halfway through the year, I was like, this is what I do. I read people's energy. I give them healing messages. I give them guidance and action steps to move themselves forward. And so Mm -hmm. 
that was kind of a long, like, how did you get to where you are now? That, that was really that moment was sort of the pivot that brought me to you and I having this conversation today. That is a beautiful story. I love people's transformations and their life journeys that, that they take. And then they finally realize like, oh, this is what I'm made to do. Yes. And it takes a lot of trusting that you're being led to it when you aren't there yet. Because I'm 47 now. And so for 46 and a half years, I wasn't here yet or I wasn't there yet. So if there was anything I could impress upon your listeners is to trust that no matter where you are, if you go back to listening to and following your intuition and your guidance, you are being led there in perfect time. Exactly. Exactly what I... It's another thing that I mentioned in my book. Yeah. Am I just writing your book for you it's right now? It's something else that I mentioned <laughs> in my book. <laughs> I just touched on the subject, though, because I feel like people don't really grasp that until they're there at that point. They don't fully understand until they're actually mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there is a perfectness to all of the situations that lead us there. So I somewhere along the journey of... Um, I was an elementary school teacher before I owned a yoga studio. And when I owned the yoga studio, I could see how all the years of being an elementary school teacher prepared me for that. So I would really started to look at my life as this present moment, as wonderful as it is, and as fulfilling and satisfying as it is, and as difficult and challenging as it is, this present moment is serving to prepare me for the next thing. And i I try to look at my life that way now and I try to help other people look at their lives that way now. Like this moment is your preparation for the next one. So like be Mm -hmm. in it, be in this moment and don't worry too much about what's coming next because this is the training ground for it. Yes. And even if you do end up planning down the road, you know, you can pretty much count on the fact that that's not going to be how it is because... That is so, I'm laughing because I just think about like the trajectory of my life and it's like, that is so true, 100%. (laughs) So what, um, going back to before you started your journey into this, what is codependency? That is a super fabulous question and I actually have in front of me a definition of it. So I'm going to just read the definition first of all and then kind of break it down for people. And this is um, from a mental health website. So if people want more information, I can always shoot you this um, website if people resonate and want some more information. Um, But what it says is codependency is a learned behavior that can be passed down from one generation to another. It is an emotional and behavioral condition that affects an individual's ability to have a healthy, mutually satisfying relationship. It's also known as relationship addiction because people with codependency often form or maintain relationships that are one-sided, emotionally destructive, and or abusive. Codependent behavior is learned by watching and imitating other family members who display this type of behavior. So I think of it as, number one, I know in my life that I was raised to be codependent. And so it wasn't my fault. It was more like 
a way that I had just learned to be in the world. And that helped me to really have a lot of compassion for myself as I went through the healing process. But I imagine it as someone has a roadmap. So I'm the codependent and I've got a roadmap for you and I, and we're going to go on a trip together and I'm going to look at the roadmap and tell you where we're going. And for a while, you're going to be okay with that. It's kind of nice to have somebody telling you where we're going and making all the decisions. But at some point you're like, Hey, can, can I hold the map? And maybe we're going to go on this like side trip. And the codependent's like, no, you don't know how to do that. You need me. You need me to hold the map and tell you where we're going. And that becomes very stifling to the other person until the relationship implodes or explodes or does whatever it's going to do. But it's very much, for me anyway, it was very much about like, Mm -hmm. I'm in control. You don't know what you're doing. And so I have to control everything. And that was a learned behavior of having... um, in my family, I was the person that wasn't holding the map. And I was the one being guided and told everywhere to go and what to do all the time without any input or say for myself. So that's sort of like the one-sided situation. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. It's crazy. Because when I had first originally heard about codependency, I kind of thought about it as the opposite, as you were dependent upon the other person. But then when I had come across you asking about uh, possibly being us like doing something together. I actually researched it and I was like, oh, this is literally nothing what I thought it was. And it's just crazy that everything that you can find, (laughs) go down that rabbit hole on the internet. So what are the signs of codependency? kind of covered them but I think there's going to be some individual variations and it depends on which side of the relationship you're on right because it does take two people to form a codependent relationship and so you've got the map holder and the person not holding the map basically and so mm-hmm. as the map holder there is a lot of controlling but also like well, I can't go do the things that I want to do because you need me and I have to be here to clean up your mess. I can't go do the, I can't go do, I can't go hang out with my girlfriends because I have to give you a ride to work because you lost your driver's license with a DUI sort of a thing, right? So there's a lot of, um, it's all your fault that I Mm -hmm. can't do my thing because I have to take care of you. And then on the other side, it's probably, um, I don't I gosh, I, it feels stifling. Yeah, I would have to, let me think about it. It feels more stifling and frustrating because generally the message that, is, that you hear is that you're wrong, you can't, you don't know anything. And so there's a real lack of self-esteem and lack of self-confidence in your decisions because the other person is constantly mm-hmm. telling you that that's, that's not how you do it. Mm-hmm. So I think I think on an, you know, there's just going to be individual variations of what those signs are. But if you're in a relationship that doesn't feel good, there's a good possibility that there is something going on mm-hmm. with codependency. So why? Today's show is brought to you by Audible. 
Audible is offering my listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash and browse the selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. I love being able to listen to books while I go for a drive or a run because, let's be honest, I typically don't have time to just sit and read. I love the huge selection of self-help books they have. And you can get your first one free. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash sarahfegley. Again, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash sarahfegley to get started today. Why would you say that it's important to overcome this and is it possible to overcome within that same relationship that things are going on or is it pretty much just damaging? Mm. That's again like a multi-layered question and I'm sure there are individual yeah. variations so I can only sp- we'll just touch Yeah, the yeah, it is and it's a really <laughs> deep subject and I would um number one recommend people who even think that they might be experiencing this, get some support either through reading materials or support groups or therapy or counseling Mm -hmm. or something like that, just to explore it deeper. Um, But for, for me, the biggest reason was that I was not a happy person. I was all the way into my late twenties. And if you said, well, what makes you happy? My only answer was, I don't know. I didn't know how to be happy and I didn't know who I was because I was so, I was being told from outside sources and I hadn't developed that ability to listen inside. So absolutely, I think it's important to overcome it because there is a happiness and a richness and a joy to be had in life. But each of us has to find out what that is for ourselves from the inside rather than from the outside. And then number two, as far as can Mm -hmm. you heal it within a relationship, I was unable to. And I'm glad for myself that I was unable to because I ended up in a way (laughs) better place in life I would, I would suspect it would take both participants being willing to do the work of transforming the relationship in order for it to, in order for a relationship to survive. That would be my guess. Yeah. So what were the kind of first steps that made you actually realize, hey, I need help? And how did you go about getting that help? Mm -hmm. I had a wonderful friend who had mentioned the book Codependent No More, and she was seeing a therapist for codependency. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but like you, I didn't really know what the word meant. And so, and I thought it was like you said, like, I'm dependent on you. And I was like, no, that's, that's not me, whatever. Um, And I had a very rock bottom type of moment with an ex-boyfriend that I still kind of like dabbled around seeing him. And at that moment, I said to myself, I don't want to be like this anymore. 
I don't want to do this anymore. And I got in my car and I drove to Barnes and Noble because there were still bookstores 20 years ago. And I went and found Codependent No More, the book. I pulled it off the shelf and started reading. I sat down on the floor and started reading it. And it was like this weird mixture of shame because everything I read in that book, it was like it was defining and describing me to a T. But it mm-hmm. also felt like relief because I, f- I knew, number one, what was not quote wrong with me, but what I was experiencing. I had a word for it. And I knew because of the structure of the book that there were tools available that I could relearn how to be in relationships. So there mm-hmm. was that. And I got that book and very dutifully went through and did all the activities and read all of the um you know, information, there was a lot of like thinking and writing and things like that. So I did all of that. And at the same time, I went and saw a therapist and I had about eight sessions with a therapist just to make sure that I really had all of the tools and knew like what I needed to do to practice not being in codependent relationships anymore. Yes. So what are the, on while you were doing this, what are some of the big roadblocks that you were hitting that you see or you would think are prevalent in most obviously everybody's different um but in most situations what are some struggles that probably you'll hit when you're going through this journey Sure. So if somebody's deciding that they want to recover from codependency and change the way that they have relationships and find mutually satisfying relationships, um, kind of makes me want to go back to the definition I read where it says that the behavior is learned by imitating and watching family members. So chances are the codependent aspect was learned from family, which means that as you're healing from codependency, you're going to bump up against family who doesn't understand or doesn't under agree with you. Maybe they're unwilling to explore and the idea and change their behaviors. So chances are you're going to be the person who's rocking the boat and potentially even making things worse in Mm -hmm. some ways than they were beforehand. That's probably the hardest part. Mm -hmm. Rocking the boat is one of those things that pretty much any topic we cover in here is going to (laughs) cause. Yeah. (laughs) When you go against the grain of society, you're going to be rocking the boat. Yes. Um, So... What are the best ways that you found or maybe you didn't find and looking back, you wish you had done to work through those problems? Uh, You know, I'm really satisfied with the way that I navigated it and it took some time. The boyfriend, that was like instantaneous. I was like, I'm done. And anytime I went on a date where I could sense anything that didn't feel right, I was like, no, uh uh-uh, this is just not happening. So that part of it was really easy for me. The navigating the family part was a little bit trickier. And I made a lot of sincere efforts to adjust 
my relationships with my family. But like I said, like I, nobody was on board with me making these types of changes. And so it just became more and more distance between me and my family. And for me, and it's not a choice I suggest to everyone because it is a, it's like a deliberate choice to not spend very much time with family. But for me, that distance allowed me to do, like I was mentioning earlier, it allowed me to start to find out who I was and what made me happy and what lit me up and live my life. Um, so for me, creating distance between family members was ultimately a relief and satisfying because I was able to start to live my life for myself. Mm-hmm. That. That is awesome that you were able to realize that in the moment and actually be comfortable in following through with having to do that because a lot of people aren't. I will say it was, it was, it was, it took time. Like that probably it took me a couple of years from the moment of like picking up codependent no more to really realizing how much distance I needed between my family was probably two or three years. Mm -hmm. So again, like when people are going through this, give yourself time and patience and compassion. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I don't think it was easy for me. And there were definitely times where I would say to people, I feel really sad that I don't have the Brady Bunch family or the Cosby show family. Like I just, that's not the family that I have. And it's really at least growing up in the 70s and 80s, as far as media goes, that's mostly what we saw was like, in 30 minutes, everybody was back to happily ever after and we love each other. And that wasn't what Mm I lived. Um, So there was definitely some time in there where I felt grief and sadness um, as I adjusted to what would be my new normal. Um, But eventually I did come to a place where I was really peaceful and realized that it was for my own benefit. And ultimately, as women, where there is so much demanded of us in our lives, we have to, at some point, really accept and understand that truly the only person's happiness that we can be responsible for is our own. And we have to almost... Mm-hmm. fight for that more than anything else. Are there any other things that you want um, the listeners to know as far as codependency? And then we can kind of go into uh, what you do with your job. Then. Yes. The last thing I would like people to know is, is, estimated that anywhere from 80 to 90 or even 95 percent of the population experiences codependency at some point so it's okay and it's almost like I mean it's not healthy but it's normal and um, if they even think remotely that they might be experiencing it to to explore that deeper because there is a healthier, happier way of being. And it affects so many people that if they're thinking about it, they're not, they're probably not wrong in that respect. So is that what you do as your job now then? There we go. What is my job now? Uh, My job is too, too faceted. I have been a yoga instructor for 
12 years now, a little over 12 years. Uh, so I do teach yoga in person here on the central coast of California. And I also do teach one-on-one -on -one yoga lessons online over Skype or Zoom or something like that. So if anybody's listening and they're like, oh, I kind of like what she was saying about how yoga helped Kathy to like learn how to get quiet and still, they can absolutely reach out to me and we can do yoga together. The other aspect of the work that I do is the intuitive energy reading and healing sessions. And a lot of people say to me that it feels like a counseling session or a therapy session, but without sort of the therapy speak, so to say. And it's a little bit more individualized because I'm reading someone's energy. I'm getting really specific into the very present moment of what they are experiencing, what they need to do to move forward in their life. A lot of times people come to me when they're feeling stuck in either their career, their relationships, or their health. And so by feeling what's happening in their energy, I'm able to help them find some real specific action steps that they can take to move forward. That's awesome. I Yeah, I love that you say that yoga kind of, when well, you said it before about how yoga brought you into being able to actually do some sort of meditation because... Mm -hmm. Some people think that they should be able to jump right in to meditate and be able to sit there. And if they can't do it, do it for a couple minutes, then they just aren't that type of person and aren't going to be able to do it. Right. And they're like, I'm out. I don't know. This meditation thing isn't for me. Yeah. And one of the great things about yoga, the physical aspect of yoga being a bridge to meditation is that before you can meditate, you need to be able to concentrate. And yoga teaches people how to concentrate so that then they can sit still and concentrate their mind without needing to move the physical body. So it's a beautiful bridge from, to into meditation. Uh, so all of your yoga and guidance and readings and everything you're able to do online then as well? Yes. So thank goodness for the miracle of modern technology. Number one, with the energy readings, like I said earlier, because I'm highly sensitive, I can read anyone's energy from anywhere on the planet. All I have to do is get quiet and still, and I call it like tuning into your channel. So I just take a few minutes to sort of find your energy or the person's energy that I'm working with. And before our session starts, I do that and I write down everything that I feel or pick up or whatever. That way, when we start the session, I have a really clear reading. And yeah, so we can meet up in person if somebody's here near me in California, or we meet up on Skype or Zoom and hold the session that way. So it's just, I feel like such a blessing and such a great time in like in the world to be able to do this because it means that if anybody's feeling curious or interested about this work, we can do it. We don't have to be together anymore. Where even like maybe five years ago, that wouldn't have been possible. So it's kind of cool for me and for people, you know, I've worked with people um, 
on the East Coast and in Michigan. And the last time I was in Australia, I was working with one of my clients here in California. It's just like super cool to me that that's possible. Yeah, I mean, I'm, the proof is the beginning of this episode where, where <laughs> what you were talking about, um, that, it's, that it is possible. And uh, and that you didn't even ask me to do that, Larry. I just did that beforehand. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't even anticipate yeah. that. Are there any things that you think that people should work on for themselves for getting prepared? Do they have to mentally prepare themselves to do any of these things? I mean, yoga, I feel like it's almost a, you just got to kind of get the ball rolling by actually going and then everything else falls into place, but everything else, um, do you think that, or do you think that a reading would help them as far as finding how to organize their life to line up with being able to work on themselves Mm. yes and yes so number one it really is about showing up whether it's showing up for a yoga class or showing up for those five minutes or two minutes a day where you're quiet and still and just breathing with no agenda or showing up for a reading and trusting that impulse. Again, a lot of times people who, especially with their first reading or session with me, they will say something like, I just felt really intrigued. I just really felt like I needed to reach out to you. And I don't know why. And I don't even know what it is that I want from you. I just know that I needed to. And so it's really about trusting that feeling and showing up for it and trusting that absolutely whatever it is that you need right now in the present moment is going to arise during a session with me and get and get things going wherever they need to go. Or occasionally what comes up is you're actually doing everything you need to do. And so just keep doing it, which can be really reaffirming and reassuring because, you know, again, with like the Instagram feeds and everything, we can start to doubt ourselves and our journey because there's a even if it's sort of a subconscious comparison, like, oh, they've got more likes or more followers or their artwork is different than mine, or, you know, we can start to really um, doubt ourselves from time to time. And so occasionally sitting down and having a healing session with me is more about you're actually living your life's purpose and you're doing it beautifully. So good on you and keep doing it and, and maybe put your blinders on a little bit to some of that external noise. Yeah, I mean, I think we could all just do that in general anyways. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> but <laughs> um, it definitely adds to the chaos in our brains. Yes. So I don't have any more questions at the moment. I'm sure we could do a whole nother just episode on more mm-hmm. on your readings and stuff like that because I'm sure we could go really more into detail but is there anything else that you'd like people to know about it well if they're sort of feeling intrigued and curious but still like can't wrap their brain around what a reading is they can follow me on Facebook which is 
lightworker Kathy Weiss. And every Monday, I do something called Monday Messages, where one, people can enter their name to win a free little mini reading. And um, and so then every Monday at 1230 Pacific, I pull um, somebody out of my little teacup hat and I do a live reading right there on Facebook. So they can meet me over there on Facebook and watch me do that. Or if they're not on Facebook, they can watch the replays on YouTube. Um, and uh, on YouTube, it's bit.ly slash lightworker. Oh, no, excuse me. That's the wrong one. On YouTube, it's um, bit.ly slash YouTube Kathy. And they can go over there and watch some readings to really get a sense of what that feels like. And then when they're ready and they're like, yep, I am, I am down with that and I am ready for a reading, they can go to my website, kathy-weiss.com and grab a 20% savings off of their first session with me. Okay, I'll have all of those links down in the show notes for everybody so they can just click and go. Um, Makes it easy. Yeah. Is... Um, so we got your website and your, you're also on Instagram. Yes. At lightworker sure underscore that. Kathy. And I'll have all of that in the show notes, but um, that's all from me. Thank you so much. I'm glad that we had this opportunity and I'm sure that it will come again. Yes. You know where to find me and I would love to do another whole podcast with you where we kind of sit down and go a little bit deeper into readings and if you're feeling game we could even do a little mini reading for you during the podcast so that your listeners can hear it happening like in the moment that could be a kind of a fun idea yeah always people are more into seeing is believing I guess yes the best exactly way to put it exactly <laughs> so um we can definitely look into doing that that but sounds Thank you fun. so much and have a great rest of your day. My pleasure. You as well. Aptive is a leading provider of premium digital health and wellness content and is the number one audio fitness app. Aptive provides trainer-led music-driven workouts in 22 fitness categories, including running, strength, cycling, HIIT training, boxing, yoga, meditation, and more. It's my favorite way to fit in a workout with my crazy schedule, even when I'm traveling. Aptive members have access to over 2,500 fitness classes with 40 to 50 new classes added each week. Memberships range from $8.83 to $14.99 per month and include unlimited access to all workouts by their expert trainers. Head to sarahfegley.com slash that's sarahfegley.com slash A-A-P-T-I-V for your 30-day free trial. DNCo is a body-positive shopping experience for women who wear sizes 14 and up. Their stylists work with the best brands, from industry staples to up-and-coming young designers, to provide each customer with curated looks suited to your unique style and shape. 
you receive a box of five hand-selected pieces chosen specifically for you. You'll try everything on in the comfort of your own home and keep only the items you love. Their stylists will learn as you go and work with you to build a wardrobe that you look and feel amazing in. They charge a flat $20 styling fee for every box, which acts as a credit towards any purchase. For clothing catered to every part of your life, from work to working out, go to sarahfegley.com slash diaco. That's sarahfegley.com slash D-I-A dash C-O. Wasn't that breathtaking? I love the insight on codependency she gave us. Not just on what it is, but how it affects you and steps to take to overcome it. I'll link the book she talked about in the show notes for you. Then she ended up talking about all these things to really help you care for your mind and body, and that was super helpful. I love the fact that she can point you in a direction you need to be going, or maybe even let you know that, hey, you're doing exactly what you need to be doing. I feel like it's one of those things to help with our tendencies of second-guessing ourselves. Sometimes it's a good thing, but as women, we definitely do it more often than we need to. I hope this episode helped you to realize if you are codependent or if someone you know who is and how to take those steps to overcoming it. I also hope this gave you a contact to reach out to for help with yoga, meditation, or guidance in your life. Until next time. What were some of your favorite tips? Head over to the Create Yourself community and let everyone know so you can get connected with others who are also just starting while getting advice from those who have been there, done that. For show notes and more, head over to www.sarahfegley.com. If there's someone you know who could benefit from this, invite them to join in. The more the merrier. Talk to you soon.